guys, it's Hannah. So we just wanted to let you know that we did have a little bit of technical difficulties while we were recording this episode. We ended up recording it over like two different days, over a couple different sessions. So if you hear any hiccups or changes in tone or whatever, uh, just wanted to let you know that that's kind of what happened. And uh, thank you for bearing with us. And thank you to our guest, Kyle, who you will meet in just a second, for also bearing with us during our technical difficulties. All right. Enjoy the show. Last week on Gleeboot, there was a goop breakup, a night of neglect, and the return of Sandy Ryerson, our least favorite character. And that's what you missed on Gleeboot. I miss Gwyneth Paltrow already. Wait, wait, wait. Sandy Ryerson was in last week? Yeah. Don't you remember? I, already, I blacked it out already. <laughs> that, that was a good idea. Gleeboot. So welcome to welcome to Glee Boot, the show where we get drunk and talk about Glee. I'm Cullen. Alyssa. I'm Hannah. And we have a special guest, Hannah's Glee father. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> my friend Kyle. Kyle. I just want to say I'm honored to be given the title of Hannah's Glee father. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't have anything better in my life. I was just telling them before we started recording, I was like, technically, Kyle's the reason this podcast is happening, because he introduced me to Glee. I'm like the mother of creation. Yeah, yes. officially taking this moment to ask you why. <laughs> <laughs> Our life has never been the same. <laughs> Glee is disgusting when you're looking back at it now, but... I mean, being a little gay kid in McDonald High School, McDonald, Ohio, it really did a lot for me at the time. So I just wanted to share the wealth, I guess. Yeah, no, like that's something that I feel like this episode will be really great to kind of start with is that like, I often forget how impactful the show was when it was airing, but like it had so much of a, of a cultural impact and social impact on so many people that like sometimes I don't give it that credit even if it is like insane so yeah yeah it's huge and my grandma watched it I think that's like one of the biggest things that made her like just see gay people as people was watching Glee yeah good for Glee yeah 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 honestly good for Glee like I have to give it up like so Kyle are you drinking anything today um, so I have this new Vizzy hard seltzer spikling water I got this weekend. Um, ooh. Like White Claw, but it's like combinations of flavors. So I have black cherry oh. oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah this, nice. this is a pro White Claw podcast. I don't think okay. I've ever had it on the podcast, but I think Cullen's had it a few times, right? Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> I think I had one. Maybe one. I don't know. I'm drinking a Blue Moon Mango Wheat. Oh, God. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> You're so good. I'm jealous. It is. Oh, my God. Like, I just saw this at the grocery store. I was like, I like Blue Moon. I like mango. I'm sure they're delicious together. And they are. It's incredible. Mm. I'm having an unfiltered hard cider uh, from Angry Orchards. So I'm going to call it a Finn Hudson. Because like Finn, it is sweet, but a little unfiltered and uh, says some things. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wait, is your, drink, is your drink talking to you, Cullen? 
<laughs> I tried it's definitely notes. talking. It's not dancing, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I tried one of those yesterday, and it's way better than a normal Angry Orchard. Oh. Less sugary. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, when you drink a Angry Orchard, it's like you're eating a candy apple yeah. without the apple. And this is more just like eating an apple without okay. candy. Uh, what are you drinking, Alyssa? I am drinking a fabulous concoction that is a frozen Irish coffee. Whoa. Oh. So I put some work into this. I made some coffee ice cubes last night and some almond milk ice cubes last night. And I put six of each into a blender along with one ounce of Jameson, one ounce of Bailey's, and half an ounce of creme de coco. You're really good. Wow. Yeah. I love making drinks. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, I just have to say, this is like a frozen option of another, of an Irish coffee that you did like a while back. So it's a, a frozen McGinty, I think is his name. I don't even remember that kid's name. You the have, actor, yeah. the actor is Damien McGinty. So what's McGinty. his first name? What's his actual Rory, name? Rory Flanagan. Oh my God. I wrote Seamus McGinty. Which <laughs> <laughs> one is Damien the show name or the real name? His name in the show is, what was it? Rory? Rory. Yeah. Rory. Oh Oh yeah. He's actually Alexis Bledel in a, in a hat. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, he does they do kind of look alike. That's crazy. Sort of. Damien, I love I love Damien and the Handmaid's Tale. I mean <laughs> Damien's so good in the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Emmy Award deserving. What a snub. Yes. So Kyle, you mentioned it sort of, but what's your relationship with the show Glee? Um so I remember when the premiere came out, it was like they did the pilot by itself and then the actual show didn't come on until months later. And mm-hmm. I just like, I saw the previews for the pilot and I was like, this looks so gay and nobody knows I'm gay, but I need to watch this show. <laughs> so I went in my grandma's basement, my whole family was upstairs and I watched the pilot by myself. And I just like knew in that moment that this was like my everything. Um, and then I just got sucked in. I've been to Glee Live. Um, I went to LeakyCon in Chicago just to see Darren Chris in person. Like, I became a little bit too obsessed, so. <laughs> Wait, Glee Live is a thing? Yes, oh, yeah. Before. It was like 2011. And I worked at Dunkin' Donuts at the time. It was my first job. And I saved up all my money for VIP tickets. And all I got was a second row seat. We didn't get meet and greet. Oh, greeter. my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, no, I totally remember that. I remember you, like, had, like, a poster and stuff. You came back, and I was like, I'm kind of jealous. (laughs) We got, like, a Warblers tie for being VIP, too. So it was the Warbler tie, and then it's, like, Glee Live at the bottom. And then um, Chris Colford did a book signing when he wrote Land of Stories in Columbus Mm. at the bookstore in the German village, and he signed my Warblers tie there. Oh, my God. That's so fun. Okay, so, like... I remember, like, you just, like, showed me one of the episodes, and I believe the episode you actually introduced me to was when they sang 
somebody to love and that was the april roads episode so that's what that was my very first memory of glee was vaguely april roads and then them in the blue shirts singing somebody to love that sounds yeah i i remember i I either bought it or you gave me the first half of the first season DVD that I'm pretty uh-huh. sure I still have. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so if I wanted to, I could have put it in my DVD player and watched it, but I chose Netflix instead. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I brought you to that episode because we both had like this weird love for the movie RV. And so I was just like, <laughs> you need Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> And yes. this is the episode to start you off with. Uh, we weren't able to play Glingo this week because our printer is out of ink. Oh, oh no. Well, I played Glingo and I unfortunately, I guess I didn't technically get shoe, but I got the U, uh, uh, what's that called? A column. Uh, he wrote on the chalkboard, they made Asian jokes. Sam said something dumb. Uh, they made some gay jokes, and then I crawled out of my skin a couple of times, so, yeah. How many times? Do, um, are you keeping tallies? No, but like I told you guys earlier, I have a lot of notes, but most of them are questions, and a lot of those questions are linked to, like, my skin crawling and me being like, why is this happening? <laughs> but also genuine confusion. I guess we'll get to that when it happens. What about you, Kyle? Did you get did you get Glingo? Um, I did not get Glingo. I mean, Brittany obviously said something dumb, and Finn obviously said something dumb, and right off the bat, they were talking about nationals, so they were mentioning the next competition, but I didn't get yeah. anything congruently in a Glingo. I would say. Ah. Uh. <laughs> It this was a it was, this was a rough one, but it was okay. Oddly enough, yeah, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this episode. Like there are parts I liked, parts I didn't. So did you, Kyle? Did you take the Glee boyfriend quiz? I did not, but I would prefer my Glee boyfriend to be Blaine. I just want to put that out there <laughs> in the world and the universe and have it come back. To I, I feel like a lot of people have that opinion. You know, but I would say that I am the most fervent. He wants that serenade of somewhere only we know. Yeah. Oh, the most. Oh. oh. <laughs> that was one of the things I was confused about. I have a lot more. I have some notes about uh, driving in Ohio and uh, how long it takes people to get places. So we got some of that coming too. The Ohio, I was was watching the episode with my boyfriend and the Ohio stuff, like the geography of it all makes absolutely sense. Like pull up Google Maps, Ryan. It's not that hard. Yes, it's literally (laughs) that simple. And it's just, uh, yeah. Is that our second podcast t-shirt? Pull up Google Maps, Ryan. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Now it is. I'm writing it down gonna be on a t-shirt kyle all because of you i love it all right so there's a lot of different storylines i have two columns on my page well Um, it is in a whole hour yeah it was an hour and a half when i aired yeah so i had seen some of her buzzfeed list or whatever that said this episode was an hour and a half long and i was like excuse me i've watched 90 minutes and then obviously (laughs) without the all the commercial breaks it was it, it was a an easily digestible 60 minutes that's 
that's up for interpretation, of course. But I thought it was somewhat surprising because it actually felt more easily digestible to me than the normal 30-minute episodes. Maybe because they try and squish way too much into 30 minutes. 45, 45. minutes. 45 minutes? Yeah. But still, <laughs> it does often feel like they're only working with 30 minutes of usable content. We have... We have a Rachel storyline, we have an Emma storyline, we sort of have a Finn storyline, we have a Quinn, and we have uh, Santana and Kurt. I think I'm going to start with Emma. Okay. Yeah. And then go on to Rachel, because those are, those those storylines are like the backbone. Yeah. So, Will is helping Emma. We get some Wemma content. Uh-uh. Will is, quote, helping, unquote, <laughs> Emma. <laughs> yeah, good way to put it. Uh, like, polish her fruit. Not polish, but clean her fruit. Um, and he's talking about that the kids in Glee Club feel insecure. And it's his job to... He wants to do more than conjugate verbs and win nationals trophies. He wants to help them see themselves and love themselves. <laughs> yeah, he wants to leave a lasting legacy. And I went, oh, honey, don't kid yourself. <laughs> And, uh... Well, I mean, he is leaving a lasting legacy. We're still talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, legacy is a teacher, and I'm like, that's a loose term, teacher. Maybe not the legacy he wants, but hey. Yeah, legacy is a human nightmare. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) My notes about Shu from the episode, I just said that, like, honestly, he's a dick who cannot handle mental illness. And doesn't know how to talk to somebody with mental illness, and his privilege is clear. Yes. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, I'm like, do we even need to talk about the rest of this storyline? <laughs> blueberries in front of you and then make you eat them. Like, what? Yeah, I have a, I have a, a quick PSA when we get to that point <laughs> that is really directly related to cleaning your fruits and vegetables before you eat them. And that's actually the PSA. Super short. <laughs> not, quite, not quite as like in-depth as Emma, but like give him a good a zhush in the water. Uh, give him a little scrub-a-dub. Yeah, pesticides are real. Yep. So he's like, how long are we going to keep doing this? I'm enjoying like our time together, but I thought you would work on this. And Emma's like, I wasn't born this way, but I've been this way for a while, and this is just who I am. And uh, Will is like, it gives me an idea. We need to teach the kids to accept the way they were born. And there's some uh, dissonance in between how he treats Emma and his message, and we'll get there. Um, and he says, from their, a lesson from their two favorite teachers, <laughs> me no. and Gaga. And the oh boys hated the Gaga lesson, so like that doesn't make any sense at all. Oh my god. When he put himself and our goddess and queen <laughs> Gaga in this same sentence. No, ma'am. I wanted to turn the TV off right there. And that's like the first five minutes. I was literally like, <laughs> this show is losing all logic. Yeah. So he does this lesson for the kids. He writes on the board acceptance. He wants to talk to them about accepting everything about themselves. And Finn is like, why is Miss Pillsbury here? And he's like, 
because she wants to help. And Emma's like, there's something that I struggled with accepting about myself for a long time. And she opens her jacket and she has a t-shirt that says ginger on it. <laughs> and she's like, you're all going to get t-shirts just like this to say whatever you feel insecure about, you want to accept. I, according to recent legend, I have no soul. It's haunted me for a while. Do you uh, ever feel like that in Colin? Yeah. That you don't have a soul? Just empty inside? Yeah. 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 Well, but only only in the fall and winter, because in the summer and spring you're blind. The soul, my soul is a gift from the sun. It's one <laughs> thing that gives me a soul. Perfect. And then in the winter, it fades away. Uh... Has anyone... Inside joke for people who know my hair color. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> yeah, alert, he's a ginger. Uh, so wait a second. She said something about people saying that she smells like copper. Has that okay, been a yeah. thing that you've ever heard, Cullen? I think that's an older thing. Okay, Cullen said, like, I've never heard that. And I was like, is that a glee thing? Or is that like a real thing that people have said to other gingers? I would have never thought of that. I had no idea that being ginger was, like, a bad thing. Pro-ginger podcast. Mm-hmm. We support Emma Pillsbury. We've come out of the closet. We have it on our white t-shirts. Pro-ginger. <laughs> ginger inclusionist. Yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> My note says fresh fruit. But it says fresh fart. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, boy. It's that cider brain. <laughs> the drink stocking. <laughs> Um, so (laughs) so then Will comes into the teacher's lounge with a bag of like a paper bag full of fruit and is like I thought we'd have lunch together and he starts eating fruit and she's like unwashed fruit and he's like yeah have some and he puts blueberries on her book and she's freaking out this is aggressive this whole scene is so aggressive blueberries and he hasn't washed them and she's freaking out because of her OCD, and it's just, it's all very, like, like you said, Hannah, aggressive, but also just mean. Yeah. Like, he's being a mean person. And he's just like, we need to fix this. Like, she's a problem to him. Like, if that's how you feel, you better go, boy. Like, move on. And, like... Yeah, yeah. somewhere else. In the age of COVID, I, like, I get Emma. I see what she's doing, and I think she was ahead of her time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, earlier when she, you'll see, we'll talk about how she, like, polishes a chair. I'm like, literally me. Literally me right now. She, because she's like, I don't prefer the term OCD. I prefer cleany freak or something. And yeah, she had a bug. weird pet names for it. And he was like, you need to get working on your OCD. It's a serious problem. You have a serious anxiety disorder. And uh, so she's, so what he's doing is just triggering that disorder and causing her to be upset and he's like just eating unwashed fruit yeah he's like he's like immersion therapy but like totally untrained he's he's just like pressuring her and it's it's just so aggressive like he gets like in her face and it's i don't like it yeah he thinks it's just not okay. how you deal with any of those types of problems he thinks he's like a psychological vigilante yeah yeah and the cocky way he like throws the blueberries into his mouth, and I'm like, yeah. you're gonna get sick from those pesticides. I hope you choke on it. <laughs> right, like who's gonna be laughing in two days when you're in bed calling off for a sub? Yeah, 
And then Holly Holiday shows up again. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, well, what, no, what does he say to her? He's like, you're not being a role model because you didn't admit your OCD in front of these children. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. I need to be a role model. Like, that's too personal to share with them. I don't feel comfortable with that. And he's like, no, you need to share that. Otherwise, you're being fake. And I was just like, who are you to tell her how she's supposed to relate to students? And he's like, I think you spend all this time helping people so you can avoid doing the hard work helping yourself. Ooh. Are we uh, supposed to be like on board with him? Be like, yeah, Emma. Like, I would never think that. I think we're supposed to be on board with him, but I don't know why. Like, like he's not making a good argument and he's not being a good person about it. Maybe I could see if there was someone who's like more nurturing and being like, hey, I think you should probably look into this because it's preventing you from uh, interacting on a daily basis and making... I kind of just feel like if he had just been a bit more understanding and had like, I don't know, it just... He's also just kind of hypocritical because he's like, this is how you're supposed to talk to students. But, like, he also handles a lot of situations incorrectly. And then he's also, like, just being aggressive. And he doesn't seem very understanding. He's just like, you need to fix yourself now kind of thing. It's just... Right, exactly. Like, she's been living with this for years. I think it's, like, a typical, like, cis, straight, white male thing where he wants to be, like, you need to put yourself out there for your struggles and show them off to everybody. And he's basically just like saying, exploiting yourself is helping other people, but he has no idea what she's going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He has no idea. He's self-righteous telling everyone how to live their lives, especially women. It's like, yeah. Right. It's like, girl, your wife was wearing a fake baby bump for how long? Don't be telling people how to live their lives. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so then Emma, we then we get this actually kind of heart-wrenching scene where Emma is at the a therapist and she spends 45 minutes wiping her chair clean and it's ready to start. And the doctor is like, we're out of time today. Um, and then the doctor is like, you know, you have severe OCD and anxiety, like could start you on medication. And, she, and Emma's like, I don't want to be a pill popper. I don't want to take medicine to make people make me act like how people want me to be. And the therapist is very understanding and it's everything will isn't. And it's like, this medication will help you live your life the way you were meant to be. Yeah. That was the biggest takeaway. I think is that Emma was like, but this is who I am. This is how I'm supposed to be. And the doctor's like, no, like what's going on is actually keeping you from being who you want and need to be because and she kind of she actually like mentions like this medicine is actually going to help your brain with like keep the serotonin that it makes so that you know it can help ease this ease this um condition and so she's very grounded about it and talking about it a bit more scientifically that I think is it's probably better than just being like you need to fix yourself like it's proving to Emma that like hey like there's actually a solution that we have to actually help you to live with this and to fix whatever is going on like oh my goodness she's talking to an actual psychiatrist like whoa mind-blowing and she was being 
She was like talk. The doctor was talking to her like a yes, person yeah. too, like not like the embodiment of a problem, she was, yeah, like, exactly. like she was. She was like making her feel heard while also giving her like action that she can start working towards. And I think that's one of the things that mm-hmm. Glee was so good for at the time was like, at least as a high schooler, we didn't see people talking about mental health like that at the time. I feel right. like really on TV. So I think that these moments on Glee were really, really nice. I just wish we didn't have the Will Schuster of it all tainting it. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that our take on almost the whole show? Like, <laughs> I just, just wish we yeah, didn't like, have the Will Schuster. Like, the reason it's the Glee boot is because we can see a lot of good foundation and we just kind of want it to be better. And one of the ways we've decided to make it better is to get rid of Will. Yeah, like, the intention is there, but then Will Schuster is just, like, we're going to take a hard left turn. And crash into a wall. By the way, that's the end of the episode because Emma spent 45 minutes cleaning her chair. <laughs> yeah, 45 minutes of just Emma cleaning. <laughs> yeah, it was good. As someone who was also very resistant to taking medication for things I needed to take medication for, I thought the message was really good and Emma's, their way they explained it was very strong. And the doctor empathized with her. Mm-hmm. And that was a really big thing. She's just like, I had postpartum depression and this was my experience. And then what made me feel a little bit better and helped me, you know, improve my life was asking for help when I knew I needed it. And I just thought that was just really, really powerful. Yeah. It was a, it was an emotional scene. You really felt for Emma. And then Emma, so then in the finale, Born This Way number, when they're all dancing around with their t-shirts, singing Lady Gaga, we have Tina taking the lead proud of Tina um, and we Emma comes up to Will and she pull, opens her shirt and says OCD and he's all like I approve of you now and yeah. then they dance you're not fake and they dance together to Gaga he's like, he's like I'm so proud of you for revealing your mental health struggle while I just talk about my butt chin yes oh my god he, and he's definitely not insecure about it because he just, it just is there. The only person that ever talks about it really is uh, Sue. And she's not even in this episode. He didn't even say that he was insecure about it. He said, this is something I used to be really insecure about. True, 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 true. He did say it like that. Did he agree to stop drinking at all? Couldn't that be something he talked about? Yeah, my, my my borderline alcoholism. Like, mm. perfect. Superiority complex, like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Narcissism. <laughs> Cultural appropriation. Yeah. So many things to choose from, and collection uh, is what we got. That's just how privileged he is. He can choose something that, like, is kind of non-existent in his life. So that was the Emma plot. The, the, let's get into Rachel, because that kind of spurs the lesson of the week. Rachel, the lesson learning machine, is dancing with everyone in Glee Club. They're, dan- they're practicing their dance steps. And Finn <laughs> flails his arm. <laughs> Frank and Frank Dean. And, Dean <laughs> and wallops her in the nose. I haven't done exactly um, that, but I've been in similar situations. Uh-oh. Same! <laughs> corner. No, I definitely have done similar things. I remember when I was an altar boy, like, we were kneeling, and, like, someone was shorter, was next to me, so my elbow hit them while they were kneeling. And he was like, Aww. oh, that really hurt. He was also so annoying, though. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. So I didn't feel that bad. I got I got one for you. So there was this kid in school, in high school, that I kind of had a crush on, and he kind of had a crush on me, but we were in different grades. Anyway, we went to summer gym together, and there was a relay race, but you, it was like a partner thing, and so... Mm-hmm. One person had to carry the other person on their back, like piggyback. Oh. And so I was on his back, and he tripped, and I <sighs> fell forward and, like, landed on him. And then sprung back up, I was ready to go. Like, we were going to lose. <laughs> and he was still on the ground. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, uh, I crushed oh you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But also, like, we gotta get up, we gotta <laughs> yes, win. exactly. And everyone was like, I can't believe Alyssa's up already. I thought her neck was broken. So Finn, while Rachel in the nose on accident, and she breaks her nose. Um, and so Finn is, once again, Finn is with her at the doctor. At the doctor with her. At least she doesn't take off her clothes behind a curtain again. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and... He wants to hear what the doctor has to say. At least they provide a reason this time. Like, this time makes way more sense than the last time. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what was it? Because I totally missed it. The Jesse's girl number? No, no, no. What's the reason this time? Oh. He wants to hear what the doctor has to say because he feels bad. Because he feels bad, yeah. Oh, okay. I guess it's some Which kind of I, a reason. Yeah, I don't okay. think it's a good enough reason, but it's a reason at least. That's that's the best we could do in this situation. And the doctor comes in and is like, you have a broken nose. Um, and that's a perfect opportunity to get some uh, cosmetic work done as I reset your nose. And she's like, you mean a nose job? She's like, Barbara Streisand never got a nose job. And he's like, she's one in a million. And she's like, what about my voice? And he's like, I won't damage your voice. It can actually improve your voice. And Rachel's yeah, like... she's a deviated septum, so he's going to repair that. Yeah. So Rachel's like, ooh, maybe I should get a nose job. And then for whatever reason, this is something that she needs to discuss with the Glee Club. Well, before that, the doctor... So Finn... He says something to Finn like, oh. what does your girlfriend's nose look like? Or something like that. Because he's like, oh, is this your boyfriend? And he's like, no. And it's like, oh what's your girlfriend look like? Yeah, and I'm like, why did the doctor ask that? Yeah, that was repulsive. It was because Rachel said she didn't want to get a nose job because she liked the way she looked. And the doctor was like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. What's your girlfriend look like? It was, it was so gross. It was just like men judging women's noses. Wow. That's a first for Glee. Men (laughs) judging women. Wow. (laughs) Okay, I have a question, and this might make me sound terrible and stupid, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is Barbara Streisand Jewish? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. I was expecting something so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was was like asking Google. (laughs) I feel like Uh, I should have known. (laughs) Well, I think actually I was vaguely familiar with Barbara Streisand, but then Glee, I think reinforced the notion that she was Jewish because Rachel always connected herself to Barbara in that manner a lot. 
Well, she connects herself to Barbara, but she never outright says, oh yeah, she's like the person I look up to because she's Jewish and I'm Jewish. She has in previous episodes. Yeah. I don't remember that happening. Yeah. Fun fact, actress Lee Michelle is not Jewish, was raised Christian, and mm-hmm. the actress who plays Quinn is Jewish. Whoa, and she plays a Christian. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood. Wow. Topsy-turvy world. Yeah, so she goes back to Glee Club and is all like, this is, I think you're getting a nose job. It would improve my vocal performance. And everyone's like, Rachel, why'd you get a nose job? And uh, Santana has this big speech where she's And like, a fur hat on her head. <laughs> There are so many crazy hats in this episode. That's just one of many. And Santana is like, you know, I hear Rachel has a bit of a schnoz. I don't, I wouldn't know because I try to avoid eye contact with her like Medusa. So Santana basically just never looks at her face. Yeah. Apparently. Never, never. Uh, Another key thing is like Santana saying all of this terrible stuff. Uh, Oh my God. Shoe sits there, his mouth clamped shut, shaking his head, hands on his hips, and then finally he'll say something, but that like, it's him behind Rachel, and I literally was, my mind was exploding. I was like, shoo, this is literally your only job in this club, is to keep them from insulting each other, and you don't do it. Ever. She goes on for like a solid five minutes, like it's like a stand-up roast, and then when it's over, he's just like, <laughs> alright guys, you're going too far. Like once she's had her say, after she talked about the puffy pyramid nipples and all. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that she goes was... through literally everyone. She well, talked talk about Finn's puffy pyramid nipples. She talks about Sam's lips. Sam's lips. She talks about Tina looking, oh, getting an yeah. eye slanting. Artie getting his legs removed. Yeah, Mike jumps on Tina and is like self-hating Asian. And I'm like, what is happening yeah. right now? Because Tina was in blue contacts. Yes. Tina's like, yeah. I love the way I look. And he's like, is that why you're wearing blue contacts? Yeah, I'm like... Why? Why? Why is everyone jumping on Tina? Like, let her be. And she's like, I don't have many Asian sex symbols to look up to. And I'm like, no teen talks like this, but okay. (laughs) Right. I just feel like they just like wedge this Asian sex symbols thing in there for quite literally no reason. And it's taking up time but it's also not given the time it needs to be explored. So it's kind of like you're trying to have both and you can't, Glee. It's too complex to just wedge in there. You think you can do these things, but you can't, Nemo. (laughs) (laughs) You can't, Ryan Murphy. Okay, is there actually a deslanting eye surgery? I know there's a surgery to create a double eyelid, which is... Uh, right. fairly different, popular, but... yeah. um, there is um, like a thing like people with hooded eyes will get surgery that'll just kind of like pull their eyelids back and like kind of yeah. hide them so they're not like they don't have that crease anymore so I feel like it is a thing but I don't know I thought yeah. Tina was pretty problematic this episode though not with the first talk in the in the choir room but the second one just like how severely she was judging Rachel for wanting to change her own body really sat kind Everyone of Everyone is judging 
everyone. And I'm like, yes. and they said, he literally, he's like, acceptance. And Mercedes is like, shoo, we already accept each other. And I'm like, Mercedes, what are you talking about? You guys insult each other every week. And then this week, he's just bringing it to light because one of the students feels so moved to change the way she looks because okay. of... But actually, Rachel's nose thing has nothing to do with the group insulting. Like, it really only has to do with Quinn and Finn. But, okay, her surgery? <laughs> Does she have permission from her parents? That's what I was wondering! She She's said, 16! Yeah, she said in the doctor's office that, like, yeah, my dad's will be here any minute. And then we don't hear anything about, like, whether or not they have like this should have been a conversation with her dads yes it should have and it would have been a perfect opportunity to introduce them and like see their view on their life and what they think of rachel and what they want her to be or and like what she is like it would have been perfect it had just never happened yeah there was a lot of judgment on cosmetic surgery and as someone who has gotten a nose job i did not like it you got a nose interesting job? I, you knew me when I used to have those red splotches on my mm -hmm. nose, like those yeah. big ones, and I got them removed. I don't know what you're talking about. They, I don't even remember. They were like these things that they weren't pimples, but they looked like pimples, but they like attached to my nose. Not like they came to my skin, they didn't like fly <laughs> attached to my nose. <laughs> they were alien spores. Um... <laughs> But they were just like on my nose and I couldn't get rid of them. And in between Boston and LA, I got them removed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that. didn't realize that happened. Yeah, so the more you know, maybe I, I'm not saying I'm all for teenagers getting nose jobs, but there's just a lot of judgment. And it's like, this is really not the Glee yeah. Club's decision. Well, you also were not a teenager when that happened. Yeah, true. True. But they could have come at it from, like, a better angle, though. Just, like, nobody really tried to, like, put themselves in her shoes and just, like, talk with her about it. Everyone was just telling her why not to do it over and over. Yeah. There's no actual discussion. It was like, Rachel, you're doing a bad thing. And she's like, yeah. but here are here's actually a kind of reason why I could do it. It would actually could possibly improve my voice. You know, like, that's... No, you're wrong. <laughs> nope. They just shut her down. <laughs> Stop. Can't have that. Don't change anything about yourself. <laughs> and it's not like they're saying she's perfect the way she is. They're not saying that. No. <laughs> so Will has this assignment of acceptance that he wants them to sing songs about accepting themselves. Uh, so then Rachel and Quinn, Rachel brings Quinn to the doctor with her to get some mock-ups to see what her nose would look like if it looked more like Quinn's. And Quinn is all like, I've never been asked. I'm surprised more girls haven't asked me. That is one of the moments where I crawled on my skin. Because it's like, oh, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, one of the things, is this also when she was talking about, like, basically her privilege and being pretty and that people yes. just kind of, like, treat. So yes. that, was, that was something I was like, okay, I guess at least she understands she has privilege. But she's not being like oh and that really sucks because that means other people don't have that privilege it's really just like yeah everyone just treats me really really nice and it's awesome and I'm like mm, okay I I did not I did not like that that whole idea but I did like the song listen it pretty unpretty is 
a cultural reset. It's a renaissance. Yes. And it is a moment. It is a moment. It's so good. And then like all of this context makes me not want to listen to the song because it makes me so sad. Like it hurts my heart. It's tainted. I've separated it from the context. I just listened to it and I imagined different characters with different motivations singing it. (laughs) (laughs) I've done that too with some some other pieces on my uh, Glee songs I actually like playlist. I have never heard this song before. Did you like it? Oh my god. Uh, It's like, okay. I didn't quite get it. So the song Unpretty is about that voice inside your head that always tells you that you're unpretty. And it's like learning to overcome that voice and then mashed up with I Feel Pretty from West Side Story. Well, yeah, I know it was mashed up with I Feel Pretty from West Side Story. But I... It's sort of like a, a competing idea is like, like, I feel bad about myself, but I'm trying to come to terms with how I look and embrace how I look. And then it's also like this confidence of like, I am awesome and wonderful and beautiful. And it's, it's, it's actually oddly complex for like comparing to like their other mashups. Yeah, yeah. I think it is like such a great use of the mashup. I feel like the mashups on the show get so like overwrought mm-hmm. and like they'll just put two songs together and they'll go verse of the one song and then chorus of the other song. But this one like really brings both of the songs together and makes something completely new with them. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, I really love. And it brings a whole new meaning. Like whereas like other mashups mm-hmm. are just like, we put these two songs together. Cool. Yeah. So they, they sing I Feel Pretty slash Unpretty, and uh, they sing it first. It's like a montage of them in the doctor's office and them living their lives. Then they're singing it at the Glee Club, and we get, like, looks of, like, Finn looking at them wistfully, and then we're supposed to be like, which one is he looking at? We don't oh, know. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is shipper fodder. Yeah, it is. And then, Love Triangle. Yeah, also, this is definitely for Fayberry fans. I thought of my friend Brittany the whole time. <laughs> yes. So then they sing the song, and afterwards Finn is talking to Queen. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I have to interject here, because I just realized that the mashup was a mashup only for Glee, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. Glee did the mashup. Okay. <laughs> I thought for some... Because I've never heard the song I'm Pretty or is that what oh. it's called yeah yeah so i thought someone else had like made a mashup and then glee was singing oh, it so maybe that's why i was so confused about it it makes a little bit more sense to me now so there uh so then there's this shot of all the people opening like we were seeing from inside the lockers which was kind of cool but weird but cool yeah i liked it mm-hmm. and finn and quinn are talking and Finn's like why are you helping rachel do this like, Rachel doesn't need to change. I can't believe you're doing that. And Quinn's like, Rachel asked me to help, and so I'm helping her. And once again, we're arguing about Rachel, which one of us is actually your girlfriend. And it's like, fair point, Quinn. And he's like, doesn't matter who my girlfriend is. It's something about Rachel shouldn't get enough stuff. I can't remember exactly what he says. He says, she says something about, like, I hate this week's lesson. And then he ends by, like, being confused and closing his locker and then being like, I love this week's lesson. <laughs> yes, that was cute. I did remember that. Yeah, I thought that was really cute. But yeah, the, Quinn makes a good point. She's like, why, again, are we arguing about Rachel? Like, Rachel comes up in their in their relationship so much. And I can imagine how that's exhausting for Quinn, who, like, for both of them, probably, who kind of probably just want to move on. 
Except there's stuff going on with Finn and Rachel that just like is so unresolved. So then Rachel shows up to the Glee Club with mock-ups of her Oh, this is so uncomfy. And she shows everyone. She hands the, uh, out everyone. She copies. She has copies for everyone. Why? That was one of my 7,000 questions. Why does she have copies? She, she opened her manila folder and just started leafing through. And they were just like, this looks nothing like you. I'm like, it's literally her headshot just with a different nose. What do you mean it looks nothing like her? Okay, that's what I was thinking too. I'm not the only one. I was like, it actually kind of does look like her. I think for me, it was like, so, I don't want to say, it's not traumatizing, but just like so affecting because like, I know I personally have tried to imagine, you know, myself looking differently in whatever ways. And then having like, even, even if, you know, the actor didn't feel this way, but like me as someone who's thought that and like seeing that someone could just like change it with graphic, like just with Photoshop. And like, you could just see like what you would look like was just so icky is what I'm going to say. Like, I did not like knowing that someone could have the power to show me what I would want to look like. There was just something very weird about that. Well, congratulations. Photoshop is like 95% of the model industry. So oh, I know that. <laughs> but I mean, if I told someone like, hey, this is how I want to look, someone could do that. And I just like kind of dawned on me and I was like, oh, I don't like that. Like it was. And also like for a teenager, I can't imagine that that was easy to look like. I kind of wanted to see Rachel see the photo for the first time. Like, that's what I wanted to see and see her, like, coming to terms with, like, okay, like, this is how I could look. Like, seeing what she feels about that. Yeah. So then Puck is all, like, every year on their 16th birthday, all the Jewish girls at Temple get nose jobs. And I don't get poked in the eye as much when I'm making out with them, but they're not as hot. Gross. And Tina's, like... I love myself, and I need to build myself up as a sex symbol if I don't have many Asian sex symbols to look up to. So then Rachel's in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Where all the things happen. And Puck comes in. Gross. And he's like, oh, it's okay. I checked through my people, and no one's going right now. Yeah, and so she's like, Rachel, I I want you to not do this. But if you're insistent, meet us at the mall at this time. Wait. Did you say Puck comes in? Yeah. Puck comes into the bathroom. Yeah. Into the girls, the women's bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Walk right okay. in. Okay. Oh cool. my god. Yeah, no, Thank and he you. talks about like a peephole, and I'm like, I didn't need to know this. <laughs> I totally missed this entire scene. I think I just blocked it out of my brain. Yeah, it's smart. I wish I did. That's my plan after we finish recording is to block it out. So then Rachel goes to the mall and like Puck leads her to Kurt and Kurt's like, thanks Puck, I'll take it from here. And uh, so weird. Like, why is Puck the the usher? It doesn't make any sense. Because Jewish. (laughs) Because Jewish. Right, 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 right. Oh, that's the reason? I, I think. That's gotta it's gotta be only, it. It's the only thing that makes sense because then no one would choose him otherwise. But, like... That's the only thing that ever connects the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's so stupid. I have a lot of questions coming up, so. And then Kurt is like, you know, Barbara Streisand didn't get a nose job. And Rachel's like, but she's one in a billion. And Kurt's like, you are too. And if you get a nose job, you'll be betraying all those little girls who look up to you and telling them to change themselves. Yeah. And then he music starts playing. And we get our second flash mob of the series. And yes. the second in the same week in a, mall. In the same mall, the same exact area. And then also the second time in a row, the second episode in a row, where we have just a song that isn't covered. It's just the song. Because like last week <laughs> was the Jack Johnson number that Mike danced to. Yeah, Bubba. Oh yeah. It it <laughs> it's like also okay. I have some questions. One question one. I don't understand this song. I never Dusty did. Barbara Streisand. I never understood it. I don't get it. That's that's number one. I guess that's not even a question. It's a statement. <laughs> number two. Why if only if if it, is there any other reason? that they chose this song other than the fact that it says Barbara Streisand's name 800 times. No, there's no That is the reason. Okay, number three. What does she learn from people dancing around her to this stupid song? Listen, you know Leah Michelle was like, get these extras away from me. I cannot do this. Send them somewhere else. Yeah. No, like, she looked super happy when they were, like, all up on her. But as soon as, like, they yelled cut, she was like, ew, stop. Yeah, you know, she Yeah. She had, like, a spray bottle. And she was, like, spritzing people to get away from her. I I feel really bad for perpetrating this idea of Leah Michelle, but also, like, I don't know. Okay, let's be real, though. If she actually hated extras that much, and you can tell, like that she's really enjoying herself in the dance. This isn't coming out quite in the way I wanted. Yeah, but... so lost. <laughs> no, no. Okay, what I'm saying is if she for real hates extras and she's acting like she doesn't, like her acting skills are kind of off the charts. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, she seems like she's having a lot of fun and I'm really confused as to why. Because I'm not. <laughs> watching this scene and I got I felt so nostalgic and I felt so like sad for all of these people who were dancing together and flash mobs were thing and and like oh my gosh that's what humanity used to be like yeah we used to be able to go to malls and like there was human interaction and you didn't have to stand six (laughs) feet away from each other and like you could do dance moves with random strangers what? I cry. Oh, guys, coronavirus. I'm um, sorry, it's hard. I just, I mostly was confused as to like how them doing a flash mob. Like, I understood the one that was involved with Artie because he was sort of like being able to live out his his dream of being able to walk and dance again. Uh, but this doesn't make a lick of sense. They just said Barbara Streisand, and she's like, you know what? No nose job for me. Yeah. They need her to know that she thinks she is Barbara Streisand, and then she said, I, I am Barbara yeah. Streisand. 
and yeah, because they like point to her. How was that? That's oh, that's. I don't so like it. Someone knows messaging. Someone knows messaging. So then she shows up at the end during the born this way number, and she has a shirt that says "nose" on it. A big nose. No, it just said nose. 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 No. And But it wasn't really big letters. Yes. Uh, and she's like, I did not get my nose job. And then she's like, but I'm not supposed to dance in heavy choreography. But then eventually she runs in anyway. Yeah. And also, like, she was in heavy choreography in the mall. Like, she was flash mobbed. So. Literally mobbed. <laughs> Literally mobbed. So that's the end of the Rachel nose job storyline. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I felt about it. I mean, a lot of um, not mixed messages, but we talked about like how it's kind of discrediting the complexities of, you know, getting cosmetic surgery and that kind of stuff. And, and it's not really giving discussion. It's just saying like, no, this is bad. I agree. Very one-sided. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no discussion at all. And when I first watched this, I just remember, like, when she was in her consultation with Quinn and they were taking the pictures and drawing with the Sharpie, I was like, is she really going to get a nose job for this TV show? I was really <laughs> right. in it. She didn't commit enough. <laughs> no, she wasn't. It's not bad, but it's not fair. It's not fair. So I guess we have the Lucy Caboosey storyline. Who's excited? I, I, uh, I have one thing to say, and I, it is, I can see the writer's hands just taking this glob and just shoving it into the story, and I did not care for it. So Lauren and Puck are looking at the crowns and Lauren has been like, it's been a while since the crown has rested on my head. She used to win toddler pageants, but then after she gained some weight, they wouldn't let her in anymore. And Puck's like, you should be prom queen. So then they start putting up posters. I have a question. Yeah. Are there actual, so there are actual rules that say that you can't be in a pageant if you're too heavy. No, I think it was mostly like the the community basically was like, yeah, we're not going to let you in anymore. I think it was kind of that kind of thing. If you have questions, you should watch the movie Dumpling on Netflix. Oh my god. I've already seen that. Speaking of that, that actress is in this episode. What? What? Yes, oh my god. Okay, so speaking of the posters, Cullen, there are these three girls who are a little bit on the heavier side. They're like gawking at this poster of Lauren, and right in the center, that's her. That's the actor who plays um, in Dumpling. Yeah. Crazy. I even Googled it. I was like, that has to be her, and it totally is. She's credited as girl number one. (laughs) Question. Why yes. can't I remember what happens in Dumpling? Uh, well, we can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it's above my pay grade. You're getting paid. For this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not getting paid? Yeah, it's like that in Heath. You guys are getting paid. <laughs> uh. So yeah, 
and the the three girls looking at it are all wearing matching shirts and they look like they're in like the Amish choir or something. Yeah, and <laughs> don't know what's going on there. So they're talking about that like, oh, Laura's an inspiration. And Quinn comes up to Lauren putting up posters and is like, are you running as a joke? Because people want a prom queen who they aspire to be and who they want to look like. And if you win, they're gonna and they're gonna shove the crown on your your head, and then they're gonna cover you with pig's blood or something, and you'll be even more of a joke. So Quinn's pretty mean to her. Okay, but there was something about this conversation, like between them, where Quinn at one point says something like, "The only reason anyone's gonna vote for you is because you're it it's a joke." It, because it's a joke, yeah. yeah. Like you are going to make them laugh. And then, what's her name? Lauren? Lauren. Lauren was, basically, she was just like, yeah, that's the whole point. That's how I'm planning on getting votes. And it's, is that, like, that's what happened, right? No. No, I think Quinn's saying, like, they're going to do it to make fun of you. But Lauren's like, I'm doing it, so it's a joke on you, because... She thinks that people are going to more likely vote for her, Lauren thinks this, because she's like them. She's more, like, down to earth. Whereas- well, see, that's what I wanted to get out of the conversation, mm-hmm. but I'm fairly certain there's an actual line where Lauren is like, yeah, that's the whole point. That's how I'm going to get votes. Yeah, well, yeah, she's like, you, you may even win. That's what Quinn says. People mm-hmm. may feel bad for you, or they may think it's funny, and you might you might even win. And Lauren's like, that's the whole point. Okay. Oh, yeah, that is confusing, though, because if Quinn front loads it with all that, and then she says, yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes a little bit more sense then. So then Lauren and Puck do a bunch of research on Quinn and discover that she went to a different middle school, and she used to be called Lucy, and they find her yearbook picture, and she used to be chubbier and have braces and acne, and people called her Lucy Kabusi. And red hair, right? Yeah. Yeah. Red or brown hair. I don't remember which. Yeah. The uh, Photoshop on that image was unsettling. There's a lot of Photoshop magic that I'm just not comfortable with. In <laughs> yeah, this. that's the theme of this week. <laughs> this Photoshop is evil. Uh, I couldn't no. even, re- like, when, was it, Lauren shows Quinn the photo, and she's like, you can sort of see the resemblance if you look hard enough. And I was like, I'm, I can barely, what? I can barely see the resemblance. It looked nothing like her. Whereas with Rachel, Rachel was like, they they were like, you don't look anything yeah. like yourself. Right. <laughs> and yeah. She looked exactly the same, except with the new nose. Yeah. And in this photo, I was like, I'm trying to see it, and I just really can't. Leave that on the screen just a few more seconds. It looked more like they just, like, photoshopped braces on Rebel Wilson. It looked nothing like her. Yeah, yeah I, I would not be able to tell that's yeah. that that's her. Honestly, I only saw it in the eyes, and everything else I was like, "That's not that. None of that is her." Mm-hmm. Maybe they just like took her eyes and then a bunch of other things and then put it into an amalgamation, and that's what they got. 
and that's what we had to deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Quinn talked about how she, her dad got transferred and he got a raise and she asked for a nose job. She did ballet and gymnastics and cheerleading and lost a bunch of weight. And found out she was athletic. Yeah. Wouldn't she know that? Is yeah. that something that people know? It's as, it's as if she just, like, never did she never anything. Tried. Yeah. So wait, so this means she started doing cheerleading and gymnastics because she after she got her nose job it was the nose job that helped her no 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 the nose job was after she lost me she literally explained it all and none of it made any sense <laughs> literally <laughs> none of it that's why i'm like wait which happened first like, so i'm pretty sure she found out she's athletic lost a bunch of weight and then she got the nose job i'm flabbergasted i don't know why they needed to like give her this like depth that was so forced yes it was was. so forced and that's when like (laughs) when we get to like the conclusion of it i'm like this is so awful like it's so uncomfy yeah they just wanted to be like not every pretty person has it easy but it's like that doesn't help anybody it's almost a slap in the face because they're they're lying to you telling you that she wasn't pretty before and we all know she was pretty before yeah. Yeah, I always hated there was like a girl I knew in high school who would be like, Remember when she was fed? And I'd be like, What? Because like when she was younger she was chubbier, but it would it, but people, it was just that annoyed me. Yeah. Well also like there's just a level of brattiness with Quinn in this episode that makes me totally forget that last year she was a pregnant teen and she got kicked out of her house and like she had all of this stuff happen to her that like it's just like it's it's completely gone it's not even part of who she is yeah and like that's a serious experience they like completely wrote all that off and then they forced all this in and i just feel like I don't know if they, like, felt like she wasn't as compelling a character anymore, but, like, they gave her so much the first season, and then this season she just kind of fell off, and then all of a sudden it's like she has this, like, treacherous backstory of being, like, a bullied, overweight child. It just did not make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, they gave her a tragic backstory when she already had tragic story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, tra- yeah. Like, tragic events that we witnessed. Yeah, saw. you don't need to, like, say, like, this thing happened. Like, you showed it. Show, don't tell. Right to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, so then we find out Lauren put up posters that said, vote for Lucy Kabusi. Uh, Which means Lauren would have... That means them calling her Lucy Kabusi was in those records or she interviewed someone because she faked Quinn out by being like, Juicy Lucy. And then she's like, no, it was Lucy Kabusi because that was already on the posters. Yeah. So true. I didn't even think about that. Logic. Another logic that I just want to put out there. Her name wasn't actually on the poster. So if nobody knew that that's who she was called for. Yes. Like... Everybody's gonna know. You're so right. Like, the thing about Rachel's picture is it looks like her, but with a different nose. But this picture, like, you really have to think about it. This this whole episode is revolving around the fact that everyone can clearly see that it's Quinn. But it's just... You can't. Like, you don't... You you have to to really look 
hard. It's like a Rubik's cube. <laughs> <laughs> so Quinn runs out and they're playing like sirens, like, yeah, like that was weird. Was, okay, was that? I swear that's like some reference to something. It but might I be. I don't know. It might be some I like thought, horror movie reference. Yeah, I thought it was referencing something as well, but I could not figure out what it was. Yeah, and it also yeah, was like overly dramatic. Like there are way worse things that have happened in the show that didn't get nearly the same soundtrack. True. And she she runs up, everyone's laughing at her, she sees the vote for Lucy Kabusi. And so apparently they can all tell it's Quinn. She tears it down dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um I did feel bad for her though. Did you? I did. I did not because I was like, I don't believe any of this is real. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it, very unbelievable. I was like, imagine all that trauma coming back. Yeah, that's true. Like, if it had been done, if it had been finessed a bit more, I probably would have felt more for Quinn. But also, again, I don't know why they just don't keep holding on to that very rich storyline from literally last season. Why don't they keep holding on? My <laughs> favorite Glee number. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. Yeah, I... There's nothing, There's nothing you can say. <laughs> I didn't feel bad for her either, really. They make her very hard to like and feel bad for because Ryan Murphy wants her to be mean and bratty. And then what's the point of giving her a tragic backstory that nobody needs? Because they needed to stuff this episode with problematic messages uh, about stop. women's bodies. <laughs> they wanted it to be like an ultimate episode, and they just, it just felt like they shoved so much in. Yeah. Have an extra 15 minutes. Go. <laughs> yeah. That's that exactly means an extra five storyline. Right? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Said, All right, we need to come up with three backstories and we need to come up with transformation and we're going to crank out five songs and we're doing it. It's going to be a whole Okay, but year. what about all these really important scenes with Rachel and her parents, with this person and that other person that could really build up? No, we don't want character building. Yeah. We want just... Lucy Kabuki. <laughs> Lucy Kabuki. We talk about the gay dads. We don't see them. Yeah. They don't have them. <laughs> they don't happen. <laughs> so that's really so then uh it turns out that Quinn gets a bunch of votes once people realize that like she's to be like them. The same three girls in the Amish choir <laughs> are are like oh, she's so relatable. Mm-hmm. So inspiring then uh they're like you have our vote, and Quinn's all like, yes. And Lauren's like, it turns out you went up way in the polls. Uh, I guess I deserve that for doing that to you. I'm sorry. And Quinn's like, oh. apology accepted. And then Lauren's like, I was thinking of going blonde. And she's like, I can't see blonde. Maybe red. And then they're all like, ha, 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 we're friends. So, so much to unpack here. So much. So the first thing I have to say is a positive note. I actually thought the Lauren Quinn bonding thing was kind of cute if it had the been... Hair. The hair thing was good. good. Yeah, like if it... Because like it's mutual respect between these two very strong women. Mm-hmm. But if it had been built with stronger foundation, it would have paid off better. But I did kind of think it was cute. I think it would have happened the other way. Like, 
given a storyline where Quinn was apologizing to Lauren because it just I yes. didn't like yeah I didn't like seeing like a bigger girl who like has a harder time she has this like thick skin but like people like target her and Quinn just like mm-hmm. gets off so easy and then she's still the one apologizing to Quinn yes and that's exactly what I was gonna say is like literally the past I don't know how many episodes there's so many people just apologizing for things that aren't their fault and they're apologizing to people who should be apologizing to them Uh it's like oh this trend is so gross and then like the last thing is the same three girls right they're basically Mm -hmm. idolizing Quinn for basically fixing herself that she is now better than she used to be because she lost weight she looks really pretty and she's popular like all of these things like that's how I read it was that like oh we should be worshipping her because she fixed herself she used to be like us but then she aspired to be something more and we can do that too and it was just I crawled out of my skin it was gross I hated it I was so mad but if Rachel changes her nose, it's the end of the world. Yeah, it's, exactly. Quinn changes everything about herself. It's perfect. Rachel changes her nose. No way. I guess, you know, if, if Glee Club had been there with Quinn, maybe she would be looking exactly the same. <laughs> they would be like, no, you can't change yourself because we don't want you to. But also I think the <laughs> thing with Rachel is that, like, like aesthetically, she's still really beautiful in a lot of like even in like Hollywood standards she's still really beautiful but because this Lucy Kabuzi version of Quinn isn't that sort of stereotypical hot she was allowed to fix herself so that she could attain some sort of hotness disgusting I hated it also that's just very unrealistic Mm -hmm. in my opinion to have three girls worship someone because of the way they look if anything i feel like that's a recipe for intense hatred right yeah like i i agree like as much as i want to say like i would in like as a teenager i would have been more supportive i probably would have been like oh she's so pretty like that's often how a lot of people can think so yeah i definitely think that it was all so fake it just was twisted so that quinn could win that rhymes <laughs> i did think i thought lauren got off too easy i thought they both were being really mean to each other yeah oh yeah but lauren fucking watergated the school <laughs> to get this information which i thought was kind of badass but also it's because she's trying to take quinn down yeah, so that was that storyline. Oh, I guess there's another scene where Finn is, like, keeping the picture of Lucy or of younger Quinn. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I, weird was the best word for it, because I'm like, I can't tell if this is bad or, like, what the message is, but it's just weird. Like, where did he get it? That's what I want to know. Where did he get <laughs> The wallet version of her school photo. Did he break into her house? Did he break into her files? Like, where did he get it? He just, like, called a picture and said, that's my girlfriend. I could. <laughs> <laughs> so uncomfortable. Yeah. No, but exactly. He's like, that's my girlfriend. And this is the first time when I can really see her. And then she says, thank you. I'm like, why are you saying thank you? So everyone stop saying thank you. <laughs> 
it was so weird. And then they kiss, and I'm like, what did he even mean? <laughs> this episode is bananas. Yeah. It was really, really off the wall. And the crazy thing is, like, it's not as offensive as some previous episodes have been. And I'm still like, I don't understand this. Why is this still happening? And just when you thought we had gone through all the storylines of this episode, we still have a big one. <laughs> Santana and Kurt. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This was the best for me. <sighs> I forgot about that one. I forgot about a lot. <laughs> there were some... This this is the storyline I think confuses me the most because the other ones, it's a bit easier to be like, okay, this is where it's problematic. But this is a bit more murky. I don't know how I feel about it. Glee was inventing relativism by creating storylines <laughs> that were so confusing you don't know what right or wrong is anymore. Yes, that's exactly it. So Santana is thinking, she's like, oh, Quinn's running for prom queen. I want to be a prom queen. I could totally get it. I just need like someone to run with. Um, and she's like, Sam doesn't have the juice at this school, and he's doing Sean Connery impersonation. <laughs> Which wasn't too bad. It was okay. <laughs> it was it was very funny. It made it lifted my heart. I was like, thank you, Sam. So Santana's like, he doesn't have the heat at this school, and then she's like, Karofsky might, and then she sees Karofsky check out Sam's ass as he leans it over the drinking fountain, and then she's like. Karofsky's gay. I'm a closeted lesbian and a judgmental bitch, which means one thing. I have awesome gay art. <laughs> okay, I laughed really hard at that line. That's an iconic Santana line. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, this whole, the beginning of this is all very uh, crazy. But the thing that I noticed that was really interesting is, you know, everyone hates Glee Club, right? Pretty much. <laughs> but there are now how many people in Glee Club running for prom queen? so many yeah like what about someone else outside of this group to run for prom queen and give them some more like competition that would be kind of interesting yeah if you want to make quinn sympathetic you want to you have to have her face off against the even more evil yep like the new head captain the cheerleaders yeah so then Santana, Tina, and Mercedes are getting coffee with Kurt and Blaine, because that's how you meet warblers. <laughs> it's this coffee shop that's oh, halfway really? between Westerville and Lima. Yeah. Ge- geography. So, well, is it either halfway or is it in Westerville? Because that's where Kurt and Blaine always go. Also, Brittany and... Uh, uh, Artie were there. there, and I'm pretty sure Lauren Zeises was also there when she was spying and doing her stuff. So I have no idea. <laughs> Everyone goes to the Starbucks an hour away from them to meet up and do totally separate things. Well, it's, it's called the Lima Bean, so I feel like it's in Lima. Oh, is that the Lima Bean? Uh-huh. Then, I'm not sure if they, like, have the cups yet, but I know eventually, like, they have the cups to say the lima bean. Oh, and interesting. It's so, yeah, like, maybe it's set confusion. Yeah. Because Kurt and Blaine always go to a coffee shop, and then sometimes, like, Mercedes and Rachel will meet there, too. I, I don't know. Geography doesn't matter, apparently. I mean, Jesse St. James is also going to Lima while being from Akron, so... 
Yeah, it, like what if people were like across the state? They're from Akron, yeah. Ugh, and they just yeah. like, drove out an afternoon to see them and we're back before school was over. Yeah, you know, simple. As one does. As one does. the, the uh, physics of space and time. Exactly. Yep. On a school bus. Miss Frizzle uh-huh. is driving, apparently. Yeah. Imagine this show with Miss Frizzle as their teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Miss Frizzle puts her children in less harm than Will Schuster does. <laughs> I mean, they're always encased in the bus, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then they're at the coffee shop, and uh, they're like, "Oh, do you miss us? Like, do you miss New York?" And Kurt's like, "Or do like we wish you were going to New York with us?" And Kurt's all sad, and then Santana's thinking. Oh, if I could get Kurt to come back, then everyone in Glee Club would worship me, and that would mean I would win prom queen. Because Glee Club, the, the eleven people in the club, <laughs> she's got eleven votes out of I don't know how many kids go there. Seems bigger than the school we went to. So like, no, no, no. The logic is a little bit more twisted. Okay, so she wants to get Kurt to come back to the school. Yeah. Because if she can get the other guy. What Garofsky? If she can get Garofsky to like turn the turn the other way around and be get nice. him to date her. Yeah, so yeah. If he can if she can get him to be nice. This is so hard to explain. <laughs> this is why it doesn't work. She has so many steps. She's like, okay. I need Karofsky in yeah. order to win the crown. But I can't date Karofsky unless, well, um, basically unless I blackmail him. Yeah. And get the other people in Glee to, like, I guess sign off on it? Yeah, essentially. And the only way that they'll do that is if she can get Kurt to come back to the school and make it look like Karofsky was the instigator. I am picturing Alyssa standing in front of a board with a bunch of yarn <laughs> and pictures and just moving things around. That's what I picture. We're basically there. <laughs> a lot of hand gestures. It's so convoluted. Yeah, it's a lot of steps because like basically she goes from being in the classroom having her her voiceover and then it transitions to the coffee shop and she has another voiceover but they're both connected yeah it's a lot so yeah she's like i need to get kurt back so she stands up and she's like i gotta gay i mean i gotta go (laughs) another another iconic line yes i it you know it didn't make a lot of sense the santana and karofsky stuff but i just lived for how much ridiculous stuff santana got to stay this episode because of it yeah. <laughs> just the entire time she's what kept me going. Yeah. She was she was she was a rock with her her amazing lines. The puppy nipples and the I've got a gay were the two that I specifically put <laughs> <put> down. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then she has coffee with Krofsky. Possibly at the exact same coffee shop. Literally turned yes. around and went to another table. <laughs> <laughs> they yes. put their clothes in the middle of the place. <laughs> and she's like, he's like, oh, I'm surprised you haven't asked me out. Like, Gross. I'm 
quite the dude mix Duke stud or whatever at McKinley. Which is like <laughs> I don't believe that at all. He's an asshole to everyone. Yeah. No, he sucks. And she's like, cut it out, I know that you're gay. And she's like, what? And she's basically like, I put it together, I know what happened. And she's like, you're what I call a late in life gay. That you're gonna get married and become a state senator or a deacon and, and then you'll be caught like making out or having sex with the page boy in the locker room or um, yeah, it was hard to watch this all this blackmail stuff because that's where it gets murky. Because I'm like, okay, Krofsky kind of sucks. Well, he sucks a lot, but also like, there's, you know, he's really struggling with, you know, his sexual identity, and she's exploiting that for mm-hmm. what to be prom queen. And I'm like, ugh. But then I'm like, but then. What happens with Kurt? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Some of it's kind of worth, I don't know. Teenagers suck. <laughs> See, it's for me to accept the, like, conniving, like, dynamic with Santana because she's just a bitch. She says she's a bitch and she owns it. But when it's She like, keeps it 100% real. Yeah, when it's, like, Schuster thinking he's helping, it makes it just, like, something else. Yeah. It's true. Maybe I have an easier time accepting Santana's manipulations because she's always talking about how how much of a bitch she is. But yeah. also, like, if you can see everything that she's doing and you know her motivations and you know what she's trying to get, it's a lot easier to get behind it. Yeah, she's very clear with her intention always. She's never, like, mincing words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. So Santana uh, basically says, let Karofsky, let's be each other's beards and run for prom king and queen. And you have to agree to, to stop bullying people and apologize to Kurt. And they form a group called the Bully Whips. <laughs> I, I that like, stops bullying. <laughs> you live. I want a beret and a bomber jacket. Like, I want to be a part of it. Yeah, like, there's, like, a, a snapshot of seeing them in action. They, like, walk down the hallway in slow motion, and then, like, they confront this, uh, the fellow football player who's always, like, really bullying people and stuff. But Santana's, like, it's not cool. And it was so after-school special that I was, like, okay, this is kind of a bit, like, tongue-in-cheek that I'm, like, okay, I kind of like this little play. But then I'm also, like this is a possibly good thing for the school. I'm confused. (laughs) How do I feel? Someone tell me how I should feel. Well, it's interesting because it it would actually be a good thing for the school, but they're treating it like a joke. So you're like, wait. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's another thing. So many layers. Like an onion, like Shrek. (laughs) Like Shrek. Yeah. So then Karofsky apologizes to the Glee Club for his behavior. And I just want to, as we go on, Sam and Santana have been dating. There's been no breakup. Has there been no breakup? There has been no breakup. No breakup on screen. Uh, I was going to say, I thought there was. I just kind of assumed. (laughs) And then Santana is like, because Krosky is like, Santana really helped me see the light. And Santana's like, yeah, as I was helping him, something else blossomed. Love. And she grabs his hand. And there's just like a quick shot of Sam. And that's it. So I guess I kind of thought they had broken up after, like, all the Trouty Mouth stuff. 
I don't, it never but, officially happened. Yeah, that's, you're right. I'm now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, it never happened. And that would have been such a funny scene, the Trouty Mouth breakup. <laughs> oh. I did not even notice Sam in this episode until you guys mentioned his name, honestly. <laughs> and so then Karofsky is doing like an official apology to Kurt and Bert, like Karofsky and his dad are there and Mr. Schuster and the principal Figgy Fig. They're all there to, and like and Karofsky's like, I turned over a new leaf, I started the bully whips so you can come back. And Bert's like, I know you really want to go back to the school because you miss your friends. But he's like, I've been, my family has been under so much stress spending money we don't have to send Kurt to private school because of your son and because of Karofsky. Like, we can't just take this lightly. Yeah. Like, Karofsky even says, like, like, Bert's like, you threatened to kill my son. And he was like, it was a figure of speech. And I'm like, what does it, what? No. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I literally, my notes are Karofsky's dad, dot, dot, dot. And then I wrote, Bert is good dad. <laughs> Bert is good. It is a known fact that Bert is good dad. He's such like a bulldog, too, going after the principal and uh, Karofsky's dad. Like, he's so... He's so cute. He is good yes. dad. so cute. <laughs> yeah, no, like... The way Bert handles this, I think is really great. Crossy's dad, I can't understand. Like, he he's really, like, I can't understand because he's coming to the fence of his son. But I'm also like, I don't know, dude. Like, you seem super fucking shady. Yeah, he was gross. Really? Yeah, I think, I think he's really shady because, like, the last time he didn't really talk. And then this time... He's like, yeah, no, my son's totally turned around. And, like, I was like, mm, I don't, I don't like this. Like, something feels weird. Well, I mean, I don't know enough about him. There are basically two things I know. Number one, he doesn't know his son. Yeah. Number two, he thinks he knows his son. So that tells you enough. But... It's, I, I don't I don't feel like there's enough there to say he's shady. I think basically he's an idiot. There's just something not right. Yeah. Alyssa, you've never seen the show before, right? This is the first time you're watching it? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Then I won't Oh, wait a second. Am I subconsciously remembering something then? Yeah. I ju- oh, I ju- interesting. I think that if they would have taken out, like, the... Quinn and Lauren stuff this episode they could have put more in with um, the Karofsky storyline to clarify it because it, it what was going on really did make a lot of sense and just to set up what's coming because yeah, I'm so curious now yeah. yeah me too because I don't remember but I'm like this dude is freaking me out <laughs> it's a crazy feel I'm uh, so curious yeah this whole conversation I literally wrote was like this is kind of traumatizing because like last time Kurt was in the situation he was literally like I was just threatened I need to leave this school kind of thing and so like it was kind of bringing up all of that stuff on a positive note though Kurt's outfit was amazing and I was dying for his brooch it was like scissors and a bouquet of flowers I need it 
they really <laughs> do like all out Kurt this episode because we've just been seeing him in that blazer for so long now, and mm-hmm. they really, you gotta Very pull true. out the looks. And they yeah, Kurt's mm-hmm. like, I miss dressing in my own clothes. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they agree and that they're gonna like because Kurt's like, let's talk one on one with Krosky, and he's like, mm-hmm. what's your angle here? And Krosky's like. Santana, it's a. This is all Santana's plot. Um, she wants me to be better, so she can win prom queen. She thought she could win if you come back. I literally can't believe Krofsky just like lays it all out. That kind of shocked me. Yeah, Kurt and Krofsky are talking. Meanwhile, Bert and Finn are watching from outside, and Bert's like, "Something's not right. Watch out for your brother." And Finn's like, "Yeah, I'll keep my eye on him." And then, uh, so Krofsky and Kurt come to an understanding, um, and Kurt's like, you need to, you may not be ready to come out, but you need to educate yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. You need to learn, and you need to, today, together we're going to start a P-Flag, parents and friends of... Lesbians and gays. Lesbians and gays, yeah. Um, Yeah, us bisexuals, we don't exist yet. Yeah, that you were erased by Ryan Murphy in the Blame on the Alcohol episode. Yeah, I guess Brittany's bi curious, but I don't know if they consider that the same thing. But yeah, um, this I'm so glad that they decided. He Kurt said they were going to do this, and so glad for all the scenes that we're going to spend for them. Oh yeah, I mean we. I mean just like the celibacy club, we're going to get some time in there talking about stuff, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, so P flag isn't actually a thing that happens between them? They just mention it one time. This I don't is it. think it ever happens. That yeah, I, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a really great scene, though. Yeah, it's a great idea. I, it's honestly a great idea. It's kind of like, um, Kurt picked me like a sort of like a sort of hidden way for Karofsky to learn more about like what the experience is of being gay and to kind of help him figure it out, which is pretty clever. Um, and is also a good community building thing, but does it happen? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> we, Kurt did call Santana Lady Macbeth, which I lived for. Same. I was like, ugh. Two pieces of high art comparing themselves to each other. Here and Ryan Murphy syndicate. <laughs> so Kurt is transferring back to McKinley. Mercedes is all excited about it. She's like, it's 12 o'clock. That means it's official. Kurt shows up in a top hat, ready to be back at McKinley. He's greeted by everyone. And then they're like, uh, hey, just we're happy to have you, but someone wanted to say goodbye. And Blaine and the Warblers show up, and Blaine is like, I'll still have you on week- on the weekends, but these guys won't, so they wanted to say goodbye. And they sing Somewhere Only We Know. They drove on a school day, in the middle of the school day, an hour and a half. Did they get permission? Who would give them permission for this? No, they all ditched. They all ditched. What kind of transfer goes through at noon? Right. Usually it's really like, okay, you start the next full day. Like, it's not like a like a business contract. It's like, this goes into effect 12 p.m. Eastern like, Standard Time. Like, no. 
He's like, oh, I'll finish out the morning, and then I think I'll take my leave. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like he spent the early morning hours at Dalton cleaning up whatever locker space or whatever space he had there, and then drove the rest of the time back to Lima, and then was ready for school. Cuckoo. It's cuckoo. <laughs> cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Mm. <laughs> one of my favorite Glee songs, though, I have to say. It is a really pretty cover. I'm obsessed. This song was stuck in my head for literal days after it's I watched so it. Good. And you get to see Darren Chris run to the piano to hit three chords. I mean, yeah. The piano in the middle of so the courtyard in Ohio. Yeah, an outdoor courtyard, because, you know, we had one of those, Kyle, you know what, that. That's where we had all of our lunches. <laughs> Even when it snowed, we were out there, you know, because that's, that's Ohio. It's refreshing, you know? <laughs> so refreshing. Frostbite is refreshing <laughs> to the face. The outdoor stuff in this show was there's literally a scene, I don't know what episode it is, but Sue is on the bleachers and there's a full ass palm tree behind her. Oh my god. <laughs> they just do not care. Oh my god, we have that if that's in the past episode, someone has yeah. to go back and find I it. Oh my god. Episode that was on after the Super Bowl where they did have oh my the god. Role, but I might be wrong. Oh my god. I wonder if they have peanuts for the palm trees. I've done some of those on T V shows. Yeah. Where they're like and this is supposed to be in Midwest. Take and out all of the palm someone trees. Someone forgot to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. The the only like qualm I really have with the number is that it kind of would have been. I think it would have been better if New Directions had prepared to sing with them. So it's both like like a going away number and also a coming home number, where like Ooh. both of his sort of families got together. That's like. It's honestly just like it's a note, you know. I know they're not in feedback mode right now, but <laughs> no, actually that'd be pretty cool because we haven't seen them like sing together at all. Mm-hmm. There's all these different groups, but it'd be cool to see people work together. Exactly. It's not like their vocal adrenaline where like they absolutely uh, despise each other. Like they seemed pretty cordial overall. We will see the Warblers in the New Direction sing together. I won't tell you. There's so many spoilers, you guys. Stop it. Alyssa, you're going to forget. It's fine. (laughs) Now that you said it, I won't. You, you. That's true. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to bother you you? until it happens. Honestly, I'm going to forget, so. (laughs) But then Kurt walks around the high school and sings to the Glee Club, never said goodbye. Oh my god. By Barbara Streisand. My favorite performance of the episode, hands down. It was so good yeah. and so emotional. It was so good. And it was it was a it was a long number too. Like uh-huh. they gave him the whole song. It was, it was really, really, great. really long. I kinda of got tired of it about halfway through. <laughs> just saying. I just love seeing Kurt do the Broadway classics. That's all I want. We did talk about how good Kurt's hair looked. Oh, oh so good. Poof. Everyone had really good hairstyles this episode. I don't remember. And there were a couple other people where I was like, that's also a good hairstyle. I like that hairstyle. They're on a roll. There were a lot of hats that covered up hairstyles. Quinn wore a hat. Uh, Santana wore her Davy Crockett hat. Uh, Brittany. We had the berets famously. Yeah. Brittany wore a hat. Brittany always wears strange hats. It's... Yeah, lots of hats. 
Some good hairstyles, great brooches, terrific brooches. What was the key thing around Kurt's neck? Oh, great question. I think <laughs> I thought about this too. I think it was attached to his sweater, kind of like a built-in necklace thing. That's what I thought it was. Okay. Oh, well, okay. It wasn't, he was wearing a collared shirt, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a collared shirt with a sweater. And then this thing, the necklace thing that was under his collar, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. around his neck. It was under his collar. Yeah. So I was thinking that maybe he's trying to wear it like an ascot. Or maybe it was part of the jacket and it like unhooked with the rest of the buttons. I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery, but also fabulous. Fabulous mystery. Mm -hmm. We have a Santana and Brittany scene where they're getting their shirts ready for the big born this way number. And St. Brittany is like, I got a shirt for you. And it says, I'm Lebanese. And Santana is like, I'm Hispanic. <laughs> and she's like, wait, is that supposed to say lesbian? And Brittany's like, we haven't been as close to, oh, we have to talk about the iconic line of this pre-referenced. Yes. Uh, I'm a lesbian. I thought you were American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then what's that X-Files music or whatever <laughs> music it is yeah great Vine reference yeah um, but Brittany's like I miss you and Santana's like like you blew me off and it's, it's Brittany's like is it because you're a lesbian and I'm bi-curious and it's like no I said I loved you and you couldn't say you loved me back but that's not true Brittany did say it Brittany she did, just she said I love you I but then there was a butt in it but I also love Artie. That's what she said. So I'm like, no. Santana only heard what she wanted to hear. And I, it like broke my heart. Cause I'm like, but she did say it. Okay. But my mom always said, if you're going to put butt in a sentence, then it erases everything that came before. Yeah. You put <laughs> conditional love. <laughs> that has some wisdom. That's I... just wrecked up. <laughs> I... I don't know. I think that Brittany, Brittany's obviously like not in the wrong and Santana's really trying to like beat her up about it. And it makes me, it just makes me sad because obviously they're both hurting. Yeah. It was hard to watch. Santana's so stubborn. And then seeing mm -hmm. her like just sit in the audience while they're singing, it was like, girl, what are you doing? Just But she also wore the shirt and I was yeah. like, my heart. She had. She was brave enough to put the shirt on, but she just wasn't quite ready to go out and dance. Yeah. So that's the end of the Santana storyline. Is Kurt and Tina and everybody are singing "Born This Way" in their shirts that say "Trouty Mouth." And Puck just, says, "I'm with stupid," and gestures to his penis, which is awful. Like, what? What does that even mean? I don't care what it means, but like, he shouldn't be there. <laughs> 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 He's disqualified from this number. <laughs> Did anyone see what Lauren's shirt said? I think it said bad attitude. Bad attitude. I, yep. Oh, interesting. Uh, and they like all like Finn says can't dance. They all say different things about them. Uh, and they so they sing "Born This Way" and it cuts to Santana watching with Karofsky alone in the bleachers or alone in the stands. Um, but before the numbers started, they're like, where's Santana? And Sam's like, probably off making out with Karofsky. He can have her. And I'm like, so that's the breakup line. Interesting. Oh, Interesting. I see. Okay. Do we have any other comments on the Santana and Kurt storyline? 
Nope. Not enough, not enough Blaine. <laughs> Could have done more with Blaine. Um, so Finn sings I Gotta Be Me because he, and with Mike Chang to show off that he's struggling with his dancing. And it's cute. And then he's like, they're like, Mr. Schuster's like, someone who's not afraid to point out something he's bad at. And he's like, but I'm getting better, right? And everyone's like, eh. <laughs> Yeah. It was I, actually pretty funny. It was cute. <laughs> I I didn't really care for the number at all. I just didn't like it. Uh, although I was proud that he was like, yeah, I'm going to dance. And I'm like, good for you. I actually kind of felt the same way. Good for you. Pointing out something you're not good at. <laughs> it, I think my favorite part of the, the number was when Mike does a whole bunch of fancy stuff with his feet and then points over at Finn and Finn kind of fumbles around. Yeah. It was it was good. It was a good time. So that's the end of the storyline for our episode. <laughs> that's the end of the Finn storyline. <laughs> yeah, the, that's literally it, right? That's yeah, he just, he, he loves the song. lesson and he sings the song, yeah. Um, he's so... to be included. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what also they did with their extra 15 minutes. It's like, we have to squeeze Finn in here somehow to make sure everyone knows he's still important. <laughs> so, ta 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 Tina time. Uh, nine. ten? Nine. <laughs> nine. She had nine lines. Lines. Oh my gosh. I love how this segment of the show is just devolving every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a while since we watched the episode. It has That's been. True. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now MVPs and LVPs. Kyle, who is your least favorite character this week? Um, this week, I would probably have to say Quinn or Mr. Shu, just because I didn't really, I didn't feel either of them. I didn't feel bad for either of them. I didn't feel like I was on either of their side. I just like, they're being too much for me, a team too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I originally had Santana down for the blackmail and Karofsky thing, but I also was like, uh, but like Kurt comes back and the movement's actually kind of good to stop bullying. So I think I'm going to stick with my answer. I'm still kind of like not cool on Santana blackmailing Karofsky because he's in such a vulnerable position right now. But I also understand that it's a really tricky thing that's happening because there are some positives. Yeah. Well, you never said who it was. I said Santana. Wait. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. I totally misunderstood that I did say, segment. like, six names, <laughs> to be fair. It's yeah, like okay, I wrote okay. a, an episode of Glee right there. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, Lauren. Mm. She, I don't know. I felt like she wanted a, the the crown almost just because she wanted to take it from Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the whole reason why she was doing all of these things. And like, it, it didn't quite make sense to me. And she was being really mean about revealing Quinn's backstory, even though it's a terrible, terrible backstory. I don't know. I just, I, w- I wasn't there for it. So... Mm. I'm going to go with Santana, too. I think when we were watching, I said, she really is despicable. 
Oh my god. Like all yeah. her machinations and mm-hmm. like good things came out of it, but that's not why she did it. Right. Yeah, so that's that's my vote. Kyle, who is your most valuable player this week? Okay, well apparently you're all gonna hate me because it's for sure Santana. <laughs> <laughs> This has happened before. Hot takes. I just, I don't know. I just live for any time she really says anything. I just think (laughs) that she is, like, the whole point, like, the humor of the show, just she delivers it so well. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, she is just a goddess walking amongst them all. (laughs) In a weird way, she's, like, the most complex character this episode. I agree. And that's why I'm, like, oh, I don't know. But then I'm also like, I don't know. It's she, a very hard LVP. She really contains multitudes. <laughs> she does. She does. <laughs> um, my MVP this week is Emma um, for really Aww. being brave and getting help. Like, it unfortunately took a lot of pain for her to get to this place. But I'm really proud of her for going to get help um, and accepting the feedback that she got from her doctor. Um, I thought it was just really important that uh, (laughs) Glee that covers literally every topic and very, like, none of them well. This was a moment where I was like, okay, yeah, this is a good message. Get help when you feel like you need it. I have a confession to make. Uh-huh. I completely forgot about the shoe and Emma plotline. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was so long ago that we talked about it. That and there are 10 storylines. Yes. And I'm changing my LVP to shoe. Yes. Yeah. Because I forgot he existed in this episode and he's terrible and he's a terrible person for doing all those terrible things to Emma. It was mm-hmm. awful. Yeah, he threatened her with fruit and I didn't really think that was possible. so i'm changing my lvp my mvp i'm actually going with uh kyle on this one okay is definitely my favorite character this episode she is so deliciously manipulative and it's awesome right um I think, Colin, when you said she's so despicable, I said, I love a good villain. True. <laughs> that's, that's valid. That's valid. She's, she really picked it up this episode and like she's, she's doing all of these things for herself with these great motivations and I can get behind it. I all love right. it. She is entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, especially this episode, like, I'm not bored watching Santana. Yeah. For my MVP, uh, it's it could be Emma because... Maybe Emma because of all her, her breakthrough, but I also really liked Finn's dorky little dance number. <laughs> so, so I don't copy Hannah. I'm going to go with Finn. Okay. <laughs> he had total of like eight minutes of screen time and he's the MVP. <laughs> yeah. Least MVP problematic. <laughs> yeah. Either that or oh, Kurt was so good too and I was so happy yeah. for him. All right, our song selection. I think you mentioned this, Kyle, but what was your least favorite song? Um, this episode had a lot of my um, faves just in general that have been done on the show. 
Um, but I would say my least favorite was definitely the Finn I've Gotta Be Me song. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, not sorry. Listening to him sing. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, not sorry. I kind of wasn't really into it at all. Um, I didn't, I didn't really like his singing in it, but I think Mike's dancing was awesome. Yeah, agreed. I need a rundown. We have Born This Way, I've Gotta Be Me, uh, Never Said Goodbye, Somewhere Only We Know, I Feel Pretty Unpretty, and that's it, right? That's it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Barbara Streisand, if you want to count that. The oh, flash nice. mob. Wait, yeah. <laughs> What is Never Said Goodbye? Is that the one that Kurt, Kurt sings? sings? Yeah. Um, are we counting Barbara Streisand? Because that's definitely my least I think we can all agree that's weird and it doesn't count. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go with Never Said Goodbye mm. because it just didn't capture my attention. I was bored. Yeah, I feel bad because I'm pretty sure Kyle said this was his favorite, but Never Said Goodbye bored me too. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was really pretty. I did really like it. I did think I was glad that they gave him the, like the whole song, but I was, I was like, it's a little long. But also, like, I'm here for it. It was well, also very confusing. It was kind of confusing. It was long, and I, I mean, this is probably different for you, Colin, because you are all about the Broadway's stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never heard this song before, so I have no connotation of what it's supposed to be. Like, I I kind of got the feeling that it was a classic, but I don't have any of the feelings. I don't have any, like, uh, emotional attachment to mm-hmm. it being a classic. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like, eh. Yeah. My least favorite... Wait, I already said it. <laughs> Kyle... <laughs> What was your favorite song? Um, okay. I would say that my favorite performance was As If We'd Never Said Goodbye. But my favorite song would have to be Somewhere Only We Know because I just, I'm still obsessed with it to this day. Yeah, that is a really good cover. Such a good song, yeah. Yeah. Um... My favorite song is I Feel Pretty Unpretty. It's such a good mashup that it actually, like, and we talked about this, it, it's, they're both good songs, like, to listen to and sing along to, if you know them. Uh, But then together, they actually sort of elevate the messages in both and kind of work together to create a new message. And I think that's really, it's really spectacular. So, yeah. So I think... Pretty Unpretty is definitely the smartest song in this episode. Mm-hmm. My favorite song in this episode is Somewhere Only We Know. Okay. Somewhere Only We Know. Yes. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. I'm so good at this, you guys. Um, it is still stuck in my head. It's a problem. <laughs> a good problem. Yeah. Yeah. I love Somewhere Only We Know, but I think I Feel Pretty Unpretty is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I love that duet. So good. Mm-hmm. So pretty. <laughs> or nice. unpretty? Or unpretty. Yeah. 
So Kyle, thanks so much for coming on this week. It's been <laughs> it's been a journey, lots of ups and downs, technical yes. difficulties. It's been a straight up track. It's been the amazing race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you made it to the end. Yay! Yeah. This is our fourth time recording. Yeah. We, we we'll, we'll probably explain what's going on, but uh, this episode is cursed. Yeah. He did not want us to talk about it, <laughs> and we did. <laughs> uh, Do you have any social medias you'd like to plug? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at, at KJREA, um, and my Twitter is at Kizzleface because I made it when I was 15. I was going to say, I feel like <laughs> I remembered that. <laughs> and I don't know how to change it, so here we are. Never change it. Perfect. I, I, yeah. It's a gem. Um, so we are at Glee Boot Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and then gleebootpod.tumblr.com on Tumblr. We got all the fresh Glee memes for you. <laughs> You can follow me on YouTube at your boy Ryan, Y-A-B-O-I Ryan, and your boy Ryan99 on Instagram and TikTok. And you can follow me on Instagram at a.m.swearingen. S-W-E-A-R-I-N-G-E-N. Nice. I have all the dots in the correct <laughs> places. <laughs> Woo. We did it, guys. We made it we through this mega it. episode. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but we are definitely going to have you back, Kyle, if you will have us. Because yeah. it was so awesome to relive Glee with my Glee father. <laughs> I would love to. Well, thank you so much for being on, Kyle. Yes, thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. All right. See you next week, audience. Bye. 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 Um, where's the stop recording button? <laughs> <laughs>